0: Welcome to Leadership Matters. This is a podcast hosted by me, Steve Parker. It's a series that brings a fresh perspective to leadership motivation and how to succeed by talking to a diverse range of CEOs, business managers, and world-class talent. We also offer some personal tips to help you in your career. Each episode aims to provide a snapshot into the life and philosophy of some of Taiwan and the world's most successful leaders, and to find out more about why leadership matters talking to Joe Lai today, and uh, Joe has a very interesting background. Joe started off life as a healthcare professional before moving into the business world. Um, He started up his company Starfish, uh, which is a PR and events company. He started that with his wife in 2003, focusing on the luxury area. Joe brings an interesting perspective today, talking about both his personal journey of moving from healthcare into business and how that has helped him be a better business person, Um, but also how... um, things that may be undervalued today, like experience, processes, SOPs, these sorts of things can be implemented and add value to your company. Generally, a lot of the people that we talk to here, they go to university, go to business school, they go into business. The industries might change, but generally they are business focused kind of all the way through. You're a little bit different. You started out in this caring role, and then you've moved into this, uh, into, you know, I call you a business mogul. How, how, you know, where, where was this transition? How did this happen? I was always pretty sure
1: that I wanted to get into healthcare. If you go back in time, in the 90s, there's something that was really interesting that happened in the healthcare system, which was the rise of the HMOs. So um, a lot of the insurance companies were not paying. So um, th- a, a challenge came about for a lot of the healthcare providers and hospitals, and how do
0: we promote ourselves? Um, so I decided to go back to get an MBA in marketing. So this is a super interesting point because I, I actually have a theory: is that no matter what you do, everything ends up coming down to marketing. Yeah, I think I think um, if you're looking at
1: um, you know even in different industry, right? If you look at art, like you know, I taught at Sujian University for uh, three semesters, and you know there are a lot of talented, very young, talented uh, college graduates to be, and they're in the art field. And I told them that if there's anything that you need to do, is you need to do, you need to know how to package yourself. You know, you might have a lot of talent, but if you don't know how to express your talent, then essentially
0: you have a good product that you don't know how to sell. You're in a really interesting position because you've uh, spent a lot of time in the states, and then you've come back to Taipei, which is it, it's an it's an international city, right? But it's not New York, right? You know, there's a different way of doing. Things. That's correct. How, how did you find that adjustment when you came through? Uh, very difficult. <laughs> um
1: honest I like that yes uh you know New York is a uh you know as you know as one of my professor in MBA put it uh you know kind of like a big pond um for me coming back from Taiwan obviously you know first the challenge was to not look at um not look at a lot of project from a long-term goal standpoint you know, it's more short-term goal-oriented. You have to make that adjustment because this market is, despite the market is very, you know, is smaller than the States, it's very fast-paced, and people are always adjusting. In Taiwan, I would have to say a lot of consumers here are very early adapters, combining, you know, lifestyles with maybe fashion or with interests.
0: Yeah. You talked about the U.S. and how the U.S. was, you know, faster-paced. There's all sorts of things. Then you come into Taiwan and say, well, actually – yeah. Here in Taiwan, yeah. we're moving faster in a different way. We're yes. adopting things earlier. That's correct. How does a place like the U.S. and again, you can compare this to a company. Right. You know, how do you think a company or, or 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 a country can protect itself from losing its competitive edge?
1: I think if you have the fundamental skill, I think you're a little bit uh, foolproof in terms of uh, facing some of these uh, fast adapters because they, they're skipping many steps in getting to the end results and by skipping those many steps it might it might not be advantageous down the road because uh, you don't know all the process and all the procedures in achieving that angle and the proper ways of doing it so when there's no problem when the market is in high demand then you're not going to be challenged but when you start hitting recession or when you start hitting a you know kind of like a global uh, downturn then you're gonna see a lot of problems that surface as a result of ha- not you know, achieving where you're at by going through the proper steps.
0: So, so I'm hearing you saying that basically you think part of a process of creating a great product or whatever is you need to have kind of repeatable processes in place. You need to have a solid foundation of what you actually, you need to know what you want to achieve, um, but you also need to have all of the kind of individual steps in place.
1: Well, repeatable process, and also I would have to say uh, a little bit
0: of a patience and experience. They've thought about the processes before it happens. Right, right, right. right. They put it in place because they know that this may happen. That's right. And also I think you know,
1: being through the cycles means that you get to see it improve. And you know, maybe three, five, or six, seven years within one company.
0: Some people talk to me and they, they don't necessarily, some of the younger people I talk to don't necessarily value experience. You know, they look at what's happened before and go, oh, that's how people used to do things. Right. Maybe because, you know, maybe some older people in their office don't use line as much as they do or, right. or, or whatever it is. But, right. you know, these are just habits, right? Right. But you're, what you're telling me is actually these kind of processes, these life cycles, year cycles, uh, multiple year cycles, right. experience of stuff actually right. adds a lot of value. Right. And that we should listen.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I'm a firm believer that value stays the same. It's just the medium that changes. So when eco- when technology improves, it's just the medium of how you communicate and what you, how you deliver uh, changes. You know, for example, uh, in the '90s, obviously, you know, if you're looking at marketing, a lot of traditional marketing: television, radio, billboards. You know, uh, and then you, you you start going to you know. The uh, after the uh, change of the millennium, a lot of people come out and say that you know we're bloggers. You know, I mean, bloggers was almost like a new type of uh, career that never actually existed before. You know, but then again, you you look at what happens after two thousand and ten. Bloggers seems to be a passing phase because now people say that you know we're kind of like you know vloggers. You know, because YouTube. Uh, early adapters or Facebooks, you know, so people start coming up with different ter- te- te- uh, terminologies in in uh, defining who they are. But uh, at the end of the day, if you look at it, they're still delivering information, right? Right. It's just from a different perspective.
0: So th- this is, again, super interesting point. Yeah. Um, marketing and promotion hasn't changed. Right. The medium has changed. That's right. what I'm hearing you say. Right. Right. The values, people want to hear information. It's just a question of where they get it from. Who they believe or the processes. Right. Delivery of information now. You know right. we're doing podcasts. Podcast is one of the r- highest rising medium in Taiwan right now. Right. Growing something like two hundred percent every year. Right. Number of listeners. Right. But it's just a medium to deliver information. That's right. Replacing and or complementing something else. That's right. Right. Complementing newspapers or whatever. Right. Right. So uh, you're in the kind of you're in the game of uh, promotion. You do a lot of PR work. You do right. a lot of events and things like this. Right. Let's have a quick chat about this because. You know, that hasn't changed. People are still delivering things right. like this. But has anything about your particular industry, the stuff that you do now, these high-end luxury events, right? has anything changed in the way that you've just desca- described?
1: Okay. Um, the changes, I have to say, uh, in the last couple of years has been uh, quite accelerated. Um, and, and I have to say that's partially, well, I shouldn't say partially, it's Majorly contributed by COVID. We're going to talk about COVID, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, and and now a lot of things now are being transformed into the digital realm, right? Um, technology and for whatever it's worth, people are talking about um, you know uh, using all these technological advances to uh, deliver uh, your message. Um, but but I think ultimately, you know, marketing I have to say is supported by sales, right? So at the end of the day, yes, a lot of the events are skewed towards how can we you know, create more turnover or value that transform into, you know, sales numbers. Um, So there's a rising trend, obviously not, I would have to say that's also even uh, started pre-COVID is uh, the the key opinion leaders, people who have influence powers. And when I say these key opinion leaders, um, I tend to separate them from, you know, bloggers or vloggers because bloggers and vloggers making money is almost a end result, you know, become a blogger you become a blogger because you want to make money uh key opinion leaders usually are already successful in their own domain but they have influence powers that might generate a different type of wealth okay so that's my differentiation in in the definite in the definition um so with these key opinion leaders they have influence influence powers within among their social circles so if there's uh, a leader let's say within a circle that adapt to a new product or to a new service to a new software everybody within that circle adapts to that, you know, and uh, a lot of that is not, uh, you, you can't really promote it through traditional media, you know, so you, so that's been a bit of a change uh, from what we say, you know, using traditional media uh, as a platform to using people as
0: a delivery uh, so method. Do you think this is uh, we're moving away from leadership hat now, we're moving more into kind of marketing, but this yeah. is very interesting. The, um, I, I, you're saying that the, it feels like you're saying something like people have moved away from a traditional kind of marketing and or sales approach where the company tells you the value of the product. Right. They're now listening to community leaders. Right. Right. These KOLs. Right. As you call it. Right. Um, a- again, I think these people are what I, w- I
1: would consider these people kind of like the brand ambassadors, right, of any type of uh, company that actually enlists them. In kind of uh, whether it's endorsing or promoting them, um, but again, if you look at the fundamentals, it's still using fundamental marketing and PR
0: tech tactics, right? Right. So the tools, right? Tools is the same. Right. Well, I'd say the process is the Pro- process same. Process is the same. Right. right. The tools the tool is are changing. Diff- right. Right.
1: But I think a lot of people um, overlook that because they start to think that it's a tall. Yes, it's a different ball game, but you're still playing baseball. Okay, but. Um, y- you know, you might, you're not, might not be playing on grass, but now you're playing astral turf, but it's still baseball, right? Who knows? Ten years from now, we might be playing the different type of more athlete-friendly material, but it's still baseball. Um, so I think people, if you don't forget that, then you'll still stick to your fundamentals, right. okay? But if you start to lose sight of that, thinking that all the data that I see are believable or everything that's been given to me are you know, it, it's exactly how I should just, you know, do my uh, uh, execution, then I think that's when uh, you'll see maybe some challenges come about because you might, you might not have the uh, – basically what happened is with events of technologies, a lot of times people might start to rely a little bit on their intuition and their, on their uh, fundamentals.
0: So I, I want to move on a little bit now and talk sure. about what you do. Right. I mean, you are a very successful PR management company. Right. You have a team of about four or five people. Yeah. Um, and obviously you outsource a lot of things that you That's do. That's correct. Um, this is a particular kind of leadership role because you right. not only are you leading in a company. Right. You also have to manage these relationships externally. Right. And you're dealing with, uh, I mean, let's be honest, you know, some people are more competent than others. Right. Some companies are bigger than others. Right. Uh, some people have a very clear idea of what they want. Some right. people don't. You're managing internally, and I've talked a lot in this program to managers who deal internally. Mm-hmm. You're in a unique position of actually having to manage, and, and also you're managing vendors right. and, and external <laughs> resources. Right. How, how, how do you do all of this without actually going crazy? <laughs> Uh, it's very, very difficult. <laughs> um, I think, um,
1: through time, all the players have evolved. Um, and when I say players, there's the internal customers, the external customers, right? The ex- external customers are my clients and even my vendors, because, you know, they're, they're supporting me throughout my projects. The internal customers are obviously, you know, my staff or employees who's, you know, work th- with us throughout the years. Um, I, I I think ultimately with employees is, I, I like to put it, uh, you know, all right. Let me hold on that. Okay. So throughout the years with my internal customers, with employees, I tend to have this model of, of uh, you know, you, you kind of lead through respect, you know, and not through fear because I, I find in Taiwan, a lot of times uh, people lead through fear and, you know, having went to elementary school here, I kind of understand how that happens. So, um, so when I say lead with respect is that if you earn someone's respect because they felt that whatever you've done is is right and it's not being forced upon them, then they, they will kind of look up to you, right? But if you kind of tell them that, well, this is the way you should do it, no questions asked, then they'll do it while they're working for you. But, uh, you know, that's a different story. Um, w- working with customers, I would have to say that, um, you know, one of the biggest changes has to come from you know, within myself because, uh, you know, when we started this company, obviously I was in my 30s, you know, and now that I'm in my 50s, and my contact windows are not getting older. They're pretty much almost at the same age as when I started the company two, uh, 20 years ago with, you know, with my wife. Um, the managers are still in their 30s, um, and maybe even some of the director levels are even younger than I am. Um, so so I, I really, you know, Try to spend a lot of time you know, aligning interests, you know, aligning what is it that they need to achieve, and as best as we can, you know, as a company, is to align and uh, you know help them achieve their goals, you know, and uh, that I think that's always been the the same. But um, again, I think if uh, a a contact window or somebody who I'm working with going back to the process of fundamentals again has more fundamentals and it's easier to align because you, you have more overlap processes that you co-share.
0: But so yeah. I think a lot of this comes back to clarity, right? Yeah. Clarity. I mean, if you have, you know, if, if you can lay out a clear kind of roadmap for right. where you all want to be, right? your staff, the vendors, you know, right. external customers.
1: Right. Um, but I think, um, Throughout the years, I, th- I find it a little bit more challenging these days because I think, um, you know, the global economy has changed. Um, so that affected, obviously, my clients. You know, something that they want might not necessarily be uh, – it could change any time. You know, it could change any time because of global economy or even global geopolitical environment, right? Um, with staff, I, th- I find that in the last, you know, maybe five or six years uh, – they're still very uh, driven, but they seem to have less of a uh, understanding of what actually is it that they want. Um, you know what they want to achieve, where they want to be in life, um, and and I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a global phenomenon or not, mm. but I just think that they're a little bit more uh, innocent in a way that they think uh, you know everything just kind of work out on its
0: own. Is that options? I mean, is it because they've got options? I mean, is it if you go back 20 years or 30 years even in Taiwan, you know, we're talking about Taiwan really, right? right. 30 years ago in Taiwan, I, you know, you probably had less options, right? You, you had to get a job, you had to make money, you had to survive. Are we in a more comfortable situation now? I think we're
1: – I wouldn't say that there's more – okay, if you're talking from a uh, job standpoint, maybe there are more options. But if you're talking from a what is it that you want in life, I think they're, they're just not too clear. Um, I would have to say that maybe 20 years ago, uh, Taiwan, economy-wise, is still in a, I would say, you know, in a, in a growing phase. If not, uh, it still has not plateaued. So, um, you know, if you work harder, obviously, you might reap more reward. Um, in the recent years, obviously, you know, Taiwan, uh, also with COVID, has experienced a lot of setbacks, especially in the service industry. And in turn, you know, if, if the general public is, you know, a little bit more uh, wary about the future and not having confidence, and obviously they're spending less, and that affects, you know, all the different uh, industries. And I think when that happens, uh, you know, there's a, a little bit of a uh, where do I go from here type of, uh, you know, attitude some of the uh, so how, how do you build
0: up this confidence in these you know uh, you know if you're talking about it, part of its confidence, part of its optimism, part right. of it's kind of seeing where you can how do you open up the eyes of staff?
1: I, I th- the only thing that we can do is through some internal training and so through some internal coaching or communication you know so sometimes I do spend time with my staff talking to them a little bit. Um, you know when they experience some problems, I try to take them through it. Uh, when they face some situations that seems to have no answer, you know, obviously a lot of time it's not really their problem. And it's not my client's problem either because, you know, when, when something happens, it's just, you know, when COVID happens and you can't go out, you know, you can't run an event. It's nobody's fault. So you kind of have to, uh, you know, uh, do a lot more uh, coaching or com- counseling. You know, I, I hate to put it that way, but, yes, a little bit more uh, counseling than what I would need to do maybe 20 years ago.
0: You, you seem like a very positive kind of person, Joe. You always bring a lot of optimism and positivity to any meeting I've ever seen you involved in. And part of this, I think, is because of in your industry, you're dealing with external customers, you're dealing with your internal customers, right. you're dealing it's your own business. I right. mean, you want it to be successful. You're dealing with vendors who may have different requirements and different needs, and you're bringing this all together in kind of creating these right. incredible events. Right. How, how do you, uh, In a previous podcast, I talked to... I talked to a guy about this uh, process of bringing your best self right. to work every right. day. Right. And that's really hard. I mean, I, I find it super hard. I, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, you know, some mornings I just kind of, I just want to sit with a piece of toast for right. the next four hours. You know, <laughs> how, how do you go about bringing your best self to these activities?
1: Um, I try to find balance from work, between work and uh, what I do uh, personally. So, you know, I... Take photography classes, you know, uh, DJing classes, you know, and working with sampling machines and trying to do something. You know, I I think it's finding something to set that balance. I'm a Libra, so balance is very important to me. Um, And optimism, yeah, you're right. You know, you don't wake up every day thinking that today's going to be a glory day, you know. But um, I I also find that um, optimism actually opens up your... uh, how should I put it? Maybe it, be, it opens up a little bit of your mindset, you know, and that would help you achieve, you know, maybe creativity, you know, management, uh, ability, or, you know, the way you go about, because, you know, if you come across as a, a little bit of a, uh, a happy person, I think people around you will kind of feel that, you right. know? Um, and, and I also feel that, um, you know, that for whatever it's worth, you know, that would actually, uh, I mean, you only live so many years in your life. Right. So I think that, uh, if you, you, you can choose to go about your day, you know, being very grumpy or you can choose about going your day, just, you know, thinking that things are not actually that bad. And I think that if you open up your, open up your mind a little bit more, you know, it would bring a lot more
0: positivity to everything you do. I like this point you're making about, you know, I- in some ways, happiness is a choice. Yes. In some ways. It is. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we don't want to get down to, I mean, there are people who genuinely struggle yeah, with course. these issues, of course. um, but in some of the smaller cases, you know, I think yeah. happiness is generally a choice.
1: Yes. It's almost like, you know, if you're looking at uh, any challenges that you face on a daily basis. I mean, obviously, you know, if it's a, a health, health situation, then it's different, right? Because there's sometimes it's just not something that you can say, well, I feel good today. But, you know, it's, it's due to health issues. But uh, aside from that, if you go into any situation with more of an optimistic mind, then you tend to find better solutions. Uh, when you bog down on the negative, you know, ne- negativities, then it, it affects your, uh, it affects the way you judge things, and it affects the way you uh, make judgments, you know. And I think that as a uh, somebody who uh, strives to be a leader, or for any uh, young professionals who wants to go into a job, I always say that you know, give yourself more patience because you know, most of the times your boss will give you the time of day when you make mistakes. But a lot of times, I see that it's, it's the uh, uh, it's the it's the person himself or herself that actually talked themselves out of uh, you know doing right. things
0: right There's a lot of this kind of yeah I, I, I'm not good enough, I can't do this. I did a bad job I did but actually you know I when I, when I talk to people that work with me, my biggest thing is I want to know what went on right. I don't care if it went badly right you know actually I don't I seriously don't right If it goes badly, you can fix it. That's right. Right? That's but you right. want to know what happened. It's the lack of information. It's the lack of involvement. It's That's right. Lack. I, I, I've heard a lot of really good points today, Joe. We've, we've really ranged across a very wide range uh, of topics here. But I just wanted to kind of bring it back and maybe summarize a little bit of what I think you've been sharing today. And uh, and if you have anything as a kind of a last statement, let me know. But the you've talked about experience being super important, right? Don't devalue the fact that you've got years or whatever it is in a, in, a, in a process, you know? Experience helps. You learn stuff. The processes themselves are important. And it's also important as part of that to have patience, you know? Not everything can be done today. Sometimes you need to let things kind of boil or you need to learn a bit more or you need to kind of come back to it, but you need some patience. the The mediums may be changing, but the values don't change. You know, Marketing, selling, these fundamentals are the same thing, but you need to understand what the tools are. What are the tools that are being used today? Learn those tools, but also learn the fundamentals of the process. As a leader, you need to earn respect. How you do that is up to the individual, right? But you need to earn respect, whether it's being, you know, whether it's being positive, whether it's being someone who knows more, whether it's being someone who puts in more time, whatever it is, you need to earn the respect. You can't just lead by position, and that's what I'm hearing from you. Aligning your interests across multiple different groups. You've got to have clarity of kind of purpose and vision. If you don't align, then there's no way that you're going to be able to work together, whether that's a client, staff, whoever it is. And I would suggest that's probably in life as well, right? <laughs> Friends and that's family, right? That's right. right. Yeah. Um, leading with optimism. And I've seen you do this. You're very op- I've seen you in situations where it would be difficult to be optimistic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I've seen you remain optimistic and positive. And I think leading with optimism is good. And as you say, medical issues withstanding, notwithstanding, uh, happiness can be a choice. You can project. You can, you know, maybe even you have to act a little bit, you know, just create a character or something like that yeah. to create this kind of optimism. But, but that can be a choice. Don't defeat yourself. That's right. Right. Don't be your worst enemy. And and this final thing kind of that you brought up, which is really interesting with your experience from the healthcare area, is the importance of counselling. Yeah. I mean, we, especially in Taiwan, I think we can devalue this. Um, But this ability to have a safe space where you can go to a manager, a a colleague, a friend, whatever it is, and say whatever it is that you've got that you need to talk about, you know if you're doubting yourself about a particular job or a function or whatever like that, I think leaders need to be open to say, okay, I understand. What are you, you, know, what are you struggling with? And what resources or what tools or, or how can I help? Or, uh, you know, point yeah. them in the right direction. But certainly, I think creating this safe space where people are able to bring up what is not working for them, yeah. I think is super important. Yeah. Joe, it's been a pleasure chatting to you today. And uh, I, I've learned a lot. As always, by doing this program. And uh, thank you for bringing uh, your perspective on Leadership Matters today. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having me. You can listen to this podcast live on the fourth Monday of every month on ICRT. And after that, on the ICRT website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Leadership Matters by Stephen Parker. You can also check out my social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. We'll see you next time.